1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal, develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. Welcome to the Foul Front Waterfowl Podcast, where our goal is to recruit, educate, and inspire new hunters and to entertain the rest of you. Without the mentorship of responsible, conservation-minded hunters, this passion as we know it faces an uncertain future. So please stick around and be sure to check out our Facebook group, Foul Front Waterfowl Podcast, and like our main page at Foul Front Outdoors right after this episode. All right, welcome to episode number seven. Today is all about duck boats. We have an awesome guest today, very knowledgeable. Uh, we have the president of Duck Water Boats, uh, Steve Hoover. He's going to be giving us the rundown on everything we need to know about duck hunting boats. And then at the end of the episode, we're going to hit it up with uh, some small vessel stuff and some DIY boats. So, Steve, why don't we get started? Okay. All right, Steve. Well, uh, you want to give me a little bit of uh, background on on yourself and your company? Yeah, uh, Ben, uh, I've been in the boat business now for 27 years. And uh, we originally started out making a fiberglass uh, boat, duck hunting boat. And then uh, as time went on, we evolved and uh, went into making a aluminum fiberglass version. And then where we ended up here is the uh, complete aluminum all-welded boat. And uh, quite frankly, we think that the aluminum boat, uh, longevity-wise, is going to outlast the fiberglass boats uh, 10 to 1. So we're... um, we have a manufacturing, new manufacturing facility, uh, 7,200 square foot uh, uh, manufacturing plant in Midvale, Ohio, and uh, we have a state-of-the-art uh, plasma cutter. Uh, we can uh, actually cut up the two-inch thick steel with that thing. Oh wow! So wow. yeah, so we're we're quite. We're, we're quite happy with everything that's going on with the company. We also have our GSA. So we do uh, do a, a lot of work with the government and uh, making boats for them, and um, that that's been a that's been a real good thing too. And then we we uh, we evolved our business a little bit more, so and, and um, we went into building um, airboats now, which we supply to like um, sheriff departments and fire departments and and different uh, areas of uh, business like that. And um, we also have the uh, new series uh boats which we call the bb and uh that is going to uh be a a real real nice series that's going to be uh 
a real versatile boat for um, your lakes, your marshes, and all that stuff. So, anyway, we're 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 happy with how the company is going, and uh, everything's going real well for us. And you guys have distribution. Um, how far do you guys distribute boats? You know, what's the what's your furthest sale? Or are you guys kind of local? No, no, we uh, we actually are international. Um, we just shipped a boat over to the Embassy of Congo. And uh, they're going to be using that as a as a water taxi uh, to take people over to the embassy to work, as well as a work boat whenever they're in the embassy working. Wow. Okay. So how did uh, how did you get into the boat business? Well, we it was <laughs> it was kind of a dumb luck situation. I just went. I always take off from December 18th through the first of the year, and. Um, to go duck hunting and uh the one year i i just uh i fixed up a boat everything i thought was going to be uh, good for it and i got it out there and the transom fell off so i just happened to find somebody who could you know repair the transom for me and fix it and and uh it just kind of evolved from there to be honest with you that guy was building boats and he asked if uh, i would be a salesman basically because he could tell i was in sales and and I told him, well, I really don't want to be a salesman for you. I said, I'd rather just start my own company. And that's how it kind of uh, went went along. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So the the reason I have you on here today is, is you know, I actually myself am looking around. I've got several small boats, like, you know, an eight-foot John boat and an eight-foot uh, pontoon boat. And I just was going through the research and trying to figure out, you know, wow, man, I figured out I don't really know anything about, you know, boats or, you know, kind of a buyer's guide on uh, on buying my, my first duck boat and all that, you know. I just And I figured, you know, hey, I, I bet that's a pretty common problem for a lot of people that are just looking to get into own a boat and I'm sure there's a lot of things that you have no idea about until you actually own a boat and just trying to kind of pull back the covers on that one. Well, we basically, it's kind of interesting that you would say this this way because I just had a guy call yesterday and he, he wasn't sure he, he didn't know if he wanted an 18 foot boat, a 19 foot boat or a 21 foot boat. And so I started going through the litany of questions and I said, okay, how many guys do you hunt? Do you hunt with a dog? Do you, how many decoys do you carry? Are you carrying a layout boat? What kind of water are you hunting? Are you hunting rivers, lakes, ocean, great lakes? What, what, what kind of water are you hunting? And, and then he kind of went through and answered the questions. And by the time it was said and done, we we had it figured out that an Ocean 19 would fit him best because he wants to gun four guys and a dog comfortably and carry 12 dozen decoys. So we no need to to jump him up to a 21 uh, foot boat if he can get a you know use a 19 foot boat. We're not like McDonald's. We're not going to try to biggie size you. <laughs> in other words, we we want to give you what you need and for whatever water condition you need. Hence why we have so many different lineups of boats now from the ocean series to what we call the blue water series to the back bay series uh, to the, and, and to the brown water series. So we cover all aspects of, of your hunting conditions and, and where you want to hunt. Right. Okay. That's awesome. Because that was kind of, you know, that's always a, a big variable. So I guess, um, 
Oh, should we talk about like the different hole types or the different, I guess, construction uh, methods for boats, like kind of the options out there? Yeah, you're you're going to look at um, if you're looking at an ocean series, Ben, you're going to be looking at a V hull uh, that is a V from the aft of the boat to the bow of the boat, bringing the dead rise up, so it's a, a steeper dead rise in order to cut the waves. If you're looking at the uh, like a um, Bay Series style boat, you could be looking at uh, uh, like a tri hull. You could be looking at a semi-V, um, and you can also be looking at a deep V. If you're looking at more of your river and um, your lake boats, a lot of guys are running more so. Like now we call our back bay boat. It has a V all the way up uh, with a lesser dead rise, but the cockpit doesn't have the sides that angle up and close off. It's just an open bow, open boat, basically. Right. So – there's and, and if you know you're also going to get into these guys who say man I just need a John boat to get through the to the sloughs or wherever and I'm going to run a, a mud motor on the back of it well that's fine then you just you basically just need a flat bottom boat and that that will move you where you need to go uh, stability wise it's it's pretty decent because it's all flat uh, planing wise it's it's um, not very good to plane. You're, you're basically, it's a, you know, it's just basically a displacement hall at that point. So, so, yeah. not, you know, so not getting some top a, speeds on those, but yeah, yeah. You're, you're pushing water is what you're doing, you know? So, but there, there's various halls out there. And, and like I say, it's really, really based off of your, your water conditions, where you're hunting and um, the, the, they'll, the boat will fit the fit the condition that you're hunting basically and and um and you could go to you know any of the dealers that are local around you and they're basically carrying a boat haul that that is is good for your hunting conditions because they've already done their research and figured out hey this works for us it might be like the Susquehanna River this flat bottom with a tunnel haul and a jet motor works best on the Susquehanna so that's why I'm don't don't be afraid to use your local dealer and then don't be afraid to, to call, you know, a specialized boat builder like ourselves, you know, because we can we'll we'll steer you in the right direction as well. We don't want you to get a boat out there that you just can't use. Right, right. So okay then. What uh what considerations do you guys take into account for um say the length of the boat? I know you spoke to it a little bit earlier. Well, the the length of the boat um, is uh, based off of how many gunners you really want to put in there. So if you have a 15-foot boat, for example, like our, our Ocean Series boat, you can comfortably gun three gunners and a dog. If you have our 17-foot and our 18-foot versions, you can comfortably gun four gunners and a dog. You have the 19-foot, you can you can comfortably gun four gunners still and a dog with a lot more decoys because basically the the footprint of the 19 and the uh, the 18 are relatively close to being the same except for the fact that the 19 is another eight inches wider so then you get into the 21 models 
and when when you get into the 21s or 19s actually up so you got we have like a 21 23 25 28 32 now but when you get into those models you're more or less looking at big water uh conditions um as like the ocean or uh, Lake Erie or Lake Michigan or someplace like that uh where you where you need a bigger longer haul that will span the waves and 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 glide over top of right. them as you're running. Right. Okay. Um so I guess uh that that would push us um into the to the motor considerations I suppose. You know when you look at a boat, you know, there's a there's a gamut of different motors you can run on it or different variants and I know that the two buddies that I have that own duck boats it seems like they are constantly tinkering with talking about power, talking about, oh, man, like I got to go get my my uh, my motor serviced. Or they're constantly shopping for a, a new uh, boat motor for one reason or another, it seems. Well, boat motors are um, – they're expensive, first of all. I mean, you get into a, a, an outboard nowadays, and my gosh, it's about the price of the boat anymore, so – They've definitely went up in price, but your your boat motors are again are going to be uh, based off of your usage. And um, you're looking at say a uh, river, and like I mentioned earlier, you, you'd want more of a tunnel haul boat maybe, and then the, and the jet motor. The jet motor will help you know push you along. It's not it's a it's not going to give you as much power as an outboard, uh, but it can get you through rocks a lot nicer uh, and, and skinny wire. Now a jet also, uh, you got to be careful because it can plug up very easily as well with debris. And then uh, of course shuts the jet down. Then you got the, the uh, mud motors, which, um, you know, those were based off of, um, they, they used those in Vietnam. So right. it, it was kind of interesting how they evolved over here with uh, Warren Coco from Go Devil being the first one to produce. But um and the, they got the long tail and they got the short tail motors now. And we put both on our, on our boats and uh, they do fit on ocean boats, believe it or not. Uh, but they're, they're best served on a boat that is uh, narrow and long uh, and flat bottom. The, the mud motors do the best on a longer narrow boat. And um, therefore those conditions of, of uh, sloughs and marshes and, uh, you're, you know, very shallow water. Right. And, and then a regular outboard. Now, what's unique about a regular outboard is um, you can make that outboard very similar to like a jet motor because if you run a jack plate, which is a hydraulic lift, it, it mounts to directly to the back of the transom of the boat, and then the motor mounts to the jack plate. Now, the jack plate will lift that motor up eight inches. So you're lifting that whole entire motor up eight inches. So as long as you're still moving water through the pump, uh, you, you've got almost the same as a jet or a mud motor because it's, it's amazing how it'll still push through at a, at a very good uh, speed. So don't discount a regular outboard motor for shallow water. Now, the other good thing about the, uh, the outboard motor and, and big water and a jack plate is the jack plate will also lower the motor down so it's below the hull of the boat and you can trim it under the boat 
where you'll just pop your bow up and then you could sit there like with our boats, for example, you could sit there and use your jack plate switch to move your bow up and down as you're moving the switch. Wow. So yeah, it's very responsive. And I, I think that's, you know, that's the best way to go is, uh, you know, th through that situation. Um, but you know, the, I think that, I think that, um, you know, you, you got, uh, so you got your mud motors and you got your outboards and you got your jet motors. And then my favorite is the fan motor. I mean, uh, not every, every place can, uh, you know, accept an airboat, but man, right. I'll tell you what, that, that, that motor, I mean, rather you're pushing across ice or you're pushing across sloughs or whatever. We use the 6.2 LS supercharged, same one in the Camaro RS. And I'll tell you, that will move that boat along very well. And the thing also is, you know, we, we put that, uh, that UHMW plastic on the bottom and that plastic's half inch thick. And man, I'll tell you, you can almost push that boat on ice by hand because it just moves so easy on there. So there's, there's various motors out there. And for, and again, it just, it's dependent upon your, your hunting condition and what style boat you're going to run. Um, and I, I think that, you know, again, that, that local dealer, they've dialed that in and they'll, they'll tell you now, the other thing, if you're going to run rocks and you still want to run an outboard, you can run like a max river guard on there and that will protect your bottom skag and your prop as well. Okay. So it doesn't get beat up on rocks. Right. So there's, so, you so can it just eats the, it eats the, the force of the rocks essentially. It, Exactly. Okay. I mean, yeah, it's amazing that that Max Riverguard. It's a steel steel piece. It's bent. It's angled. So as you're running through water, it'll actually go through the water and and cut the you know the water for you. So it's it's actually it's really a neat neat uh, product. You can buy them at Cabela's. They're like 189 dollars just to add to your. Oh, wow. And it just bolts right on the bottom there of your skag. Okay. And uh, yeah, it's real nice to have on your motor. And uh, what would you – okay, so I hope I'm not opening up a can here, but uh, power. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody wants to go fast. <laughs> you know, you, you've got um, – like I, I just made a, a boat that's a 23-foot ocean, and there is uh, not a capacity label for that for the Coast Guard because they do not test any boat 20 foot and over. And the guy, he is um, – he's own, he owns three or four of our boats now, and – and he wanted this boat, and he wanted a 350 Suzuki put on the back of it. And I was like, my gosh, that boat's not even going to touch water. So, you know, he's a, he's but he's a powerhouse and a, and a speed person, you know. Right. So, I mean, you can – you're right. It's it's like opening Pandora's box when it comes to horsepower on a boat and, and um, <laughs> how to soup it up. Because you can even go with these mud motors, and you can go get the McCoonie carburetor and add that to it. Add a different exhaust to it, and that gives it a whole new dimension as well with power. Right, right. So, I guess uh, is there any sort of standard, uh, you know, rule with okay, you got a ten, you got a ten foot boat, you need X amount of horsepower. You got a thirty foot, you need X amount of horsepower to to give yourself the, uh, you know, you know, maybe ten, fifteen mile an hour on the water. Well, the problem with that is, and that, and this is very sad, honestly, because the the Coast Guard is still going off of old uh, testing and specs and that. And like our 15-foot boat, for example, it's a 1,200-pound boat. 
um, they only want to give it like a 60 or um, uh, a 50 horsepower rating for a tiller. And but what's crazy is for a console steer, they can give it up to 130 horsepower. So unfortunately, they're they're dictating the horsepower to the boat unless it's 20 foot or over then they do not dictate any horsepower which hmm. is kind of odd yeah interesting yeah a lot so. of people don't understand that that you know that boat um the coast guard gives uh the the rating uh they'll give the flotation uh the capacity label everything after the boat's tested and then um you know, then you you pretty much have to adhere to that uh, that capacity label that's on that boat at that point in time. Right, right. And so I guess the the reason that that question came about was is you know I've got I've got this uh, um, this fourteen footer I'm looking at, and I'm trying to decide you know what uh, what motor I can get away with. You know, I don't want to I don't I don't have to be flying across. To, uh, the lake. I just want to be able to go faster than I can walk my my current John boat, pulling it behind me uh, at, mm-hmm. at a decent rate with you know three gunners and you know two dozen, three dozen decoys and all the gear. Well, rule of thumb for your hunters: if you got three hunters in there, you want to figure about two fifty a person, basically. Okay. Uh, then you want to figure out how much gear you're carrying, and then you got to look at the capacity label on the boat. Well, if it's if it's going to depend on what horse you could put on there again because of the Coast Guard. So if you got a say a 52 inch bottom and 14 foot uh, boat, you're probably they're probably going to say a 25 horsepower tiller, and that's that's going to be their max. So that's tough. And the mud motors now you, this is a gray area because then you get into these mud motors that are you know running 35 horse. Uh, but it's not the full power of an outboard. So now that's kind of a gray area too. So if you got stopped by DNR, you know, you might have to explain, hey, that capacity label says 25, but I got 35 mud motor on there. As always, this episode is brought to you in part by High Prairie Sportsman, a group of conservation-minded outdoorsmen and women who have a lot of great content over on YouTube. Just go search for High Prairie Sportsman over there and you'll be entertained for hours. You might even learn something. They're very close friends of the show. And without them, uh, a lot of this stuff wouldn't be possible. Okay, back to the show. I guess we'll we'll move past the the motors unless you have anything else you want to touch on that somebody ought to know. No, I mean the only other thing you ought to know about motors is there's there's the comfort part of a motor where you can uh, uh, have a binnacle control at your console, and that's where your shift, your throttle all comes from. Uh, or you can, or you can have a tiller model uh, where you have to sit on the back of a boat, which is more, more dangerous uh, if you're out in bigger water, and um, and and not not as much comfortability there. <laughs> right, right. As you know, just sitting there at the back end there and uh, working your arm out, right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Going to be like Tony Atlas to steer some of these motors, you know? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I guess. Um, Things that aren't motors and things that aren't actually part of the boat, but stuff that just comes along with it that uh, I guess you'd call them accessories or features that are, you know, you a, a duck hunter um, might have the option to add on or not add on, um, you know, in your opinion. 
Well, there's so many different things that you can do. Right. Um, I mean, you can add uh, spotlights. You can add, uh, in our boats, you can add uh, below deck um, storage. You, you can add dog ladders to get yourself or the dog in the boat. You can add, like in ours, the back door so you don't have to, with, because we have the high gunnels, you, you're not stepping over the back of the boat. And you're you're stepping through the back of the boat. So it makes it nice, you know, as you get up in age uh, to get around in the boat as well, you know. So, and then your console placement. Uh, you can, if you're going to have a console, you can put the console center of the boat. You can put it to the, uh, to the uh, right side of the boat, uh, back all the way where you just have one seat behind it. Right. And uh, what are the, what are the different considerations when it comes to placing a console? Why would that, you know, if you're if you're going to um, if you're going to hunt the bigger water, and uh, you're not guiding, uh, you more or less want to. Uh, mo- most people like it more in the center. A uh, couple reasons uh, when you're running out and and you got your friends in front of you, you can put them to the right and the left side of the boat, and you still got your path in down the center to see. Okay. Your side console. Most of your guides are going to run uh, the side console, and some of them are just kind of funny guys, and they just say, hey, I want that uh, heavy-duty console you make so I can hide behind it just in case. I don't want to get shot by whoever I'm, you know. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Guiding. <laughs> that's, that's good. Um, so I guess this goes into something um, a, a new owner uh, would definitely want to know is the general care and maintenance slash, like, you know, general boat ownership, things that you you don't want to learn the hard way. Well, the the, the one thing that you're going to find is is um, with any aluminum boat down the road, you're going to have to have a Krylon can, and that Krylon can is going to take care of that scratch from the tree, the anchor line, or whatever. Okay. Okay. Uh, you, you're. Um, your motors, man, you, you you can't ignore a motor, especially uh, at the end of the season. If you're in the cold weather, you got to winterize it because if you don't, when you get that thing out in the spring and, and try to run it, man, it could be all locked up. You want to run your fuel all the way out of that motor as well so it don't gel because if it does gel, now you're going to be pulling your carburetor apart to, to clean the carburetor out. So there's there's a lot to know about a boat and um, – and it's parts to, to make sure that you do everything correctly when it comes to the end of that season. Right. Right. And so for a guy that, you know, I didn't, I, I did grow up around boats out on the lake. I wasn't ever taking care of them or anything, but, uh, you know, for a guy that uh, is just, you know, getting into owning a boat, what's some of your, you know, um, most critical advice for me moving forward? Well, Picking the right boat is going to be the most critical advice. I mean, you, you you want to pick the boat that is best for your conditions. And and how many hunters, uh, if you're carrying the dog, like I say, um, what horsepower you're going to put on that boat. And, uh, again, that's based off your conditions as well. So, And what motor, you know, what motor uh, you're going to put off that boat. Right. Yeah, it's it just seems like there's such a there's kind of a steep learning curve when it comes to uh, the maintenance and the you know taking care of it and exactly there's what. Not, 
there's not much maintenance to like the aluminum boat. I mean, you're basically, you know, like I say, a can of Krylon paint here and there and you're done. Right. Uh, with a fiberglass boat, you get you get chips out of it. Now it's a little bit more, uh, you know, a little, little harder to handle because now you're you're sanding the fiberglass and you're getting uh, some uh, fiberglass webbing and you're putting in it and and uh, then you're sanding that off after it hardens. So with a fiberglass boat, there's a lot more maintenance involved than there is with an aluminum boat. Right. So I guess the takeaway there is is uh, don't be so intimidated. No, um, <laughs> not really. No, you you want to when once you find a boat that fits your 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 specific needs, you'll be able to uh, take it out, get it get it early enough where you can run it and uh, get used to it, and and know your know its limitations too, because you know if you're in an area where you're going to get ice, and you've got an 800 pound boat that is a semi V you're not going to go out there and you're never going to bust four inches of ice. So you, you got to know the boat's limitations. And the other thing you got to be cognitive of is when you, uh, back the boat into the water in, in ice, you got to be careful. You don't break the lower, uh, units on the, on the motors and the cowling on there, the oil pans, they're just plastic. And, and when the ice hits that, they will shatter. So you gotta be careful you don't do that. So a lot of guys will when you when you launch and you got ice, what they'll do is they'll break the ice up at the ramp, get the boat in, spin it around so that the bow is facing into the ice and then fire the motor and start busting your ice as you can get out to open water. Oh, okay. That's good well, that's a good segue into like what are some of the biggest no nos? Well, taking on ice that you shouldn't, <laughs> that's the biggest no-no because now you're going to get the boat stuck on the ice and it's just going to rock up there. But, <laughs> you know, and and you got to be, you got to be careful too of, of taking, taking an outboard into a rocky area. Um, you, you, you know, you don't want to knock that lower unit off again, that max river guard's perfect for keeping that protected. But if you don't have that on there and you smack a rock, that lower unit's going to cost you some bucks. That thing could cost you anywhere, depending what size motor, of you know, twelve hundred to three thousand dollars to replace it, and and then you're just going to be down for the season. Yeah, absolutely. And get it done. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's uh, that sounds like an expensive one there. Oh, um, it could very easy. <laughs> and trailers, trailers. That's another thing. Maintenance your bearings in your trailers. You don't want to. You don't want to get out there and get a hot wheel and all of a sudden you lose your, your tire. You, and then, you know, trip's pretty much ruined at that point in time. So make sure you grease your, your, your bearings in your trailers and make sure you, you you take care of your trailer just the same as you would a boat. Okay. So I guess a little bit more of a, uh, a, a personal question here then is, is uh, what kind of water do you hunt on and what's, what, what kind of setup do you have? Well, I, I hunt I hunt two different uh, scenarios of water. I like to hunt uh, the river, uh, the Ohio River, because in the uh, in the late season, uh, everything that's froze around us, we go to the Ohio River and it's open, and, and the, the birds like to fly the river because uh, the barges keep it open. And and then also I, I do love the diver hunt up in uh, Lake Erie, and. I have found, whether it be the Ohio River, Lake Erie, or a local lake around here, 
my 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 Ocean Twenty One can get in the shallows. I mean, our the the Ocean Twenty One can literally float in six inches of water, fully loaded. Oh wow! And then you add the the jack plate, which you can lift that motor up. You got another six inches. So what I'm it's it's you know I like my Ocean Twenty One because we also have what we call our duckwater jamborees every year. And all the owners of our boats get together, we go somewhere, and, and normally we hunt sea ducks. Now this year we're talking about going to the Finger Lakes of uh, New York and, and doing a diver hunt. So I'm not sure, I'm pretty sure that's pretty much what we're gonna do, but I'm not sure uh, who's gonna host that yet. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's gonna be kind of, and you're welcome to come to it as well, Ben, if you're, if you're, if you're free, it's gonna probably be, uh, that first, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday after January 1st. Yeah. I'd, I'd have to look at the calendar. That sounds really inviting. I've never been on a uh, true diver hunt before. So, yep. But yeah, so, so, so you I have a little, just, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. But if you just look at the different boats and you look at their hull characteristics, you'll be able to tell it, you know, what kind of water, like how shallow, how, how deep you can go. Uh, and all that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I I appreciate you coming on here and and giving us all the info. Um, and I guess, do you have any uh, any parting shots for us, or um, any final notes that you'd like the listeners to to know? Nah, you know, I just tell you, like I say, there's a lot of boat manufacturers out there. Um, you know, again. You can't be, you know, everything to everyone. So uh, even though we give uh, duck water boats because it's best to try to be, but uh, you can, uh, <laughs> you know, like I say, use your dealer, learn, learn a little bit more about where you're going to hunt. And the dealer, the dealer's already done his homework and uh, he knows, you know, like I said, the boat, the motor package, he knows all that stuff. But then look at the specialized boat builders such as you know ourselves and you can also uh, we'll we'll guide you in the right direction as well we're not going to mislead you because we want you to have the perfect boat for your conditions right right and now a another consideration i guess um would be what what advice do you have to the the guy out there the gal out there that uh is not buying new well <laughs> used you're 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 going to get someone else's headache. Right. <laughs> I, sh- I hate to put it that way, <laughs> uh, but but you also you know when you buy used, you you got to worry about the motor, you got to worry about the impellers, you got to worry about everything, how that motor's been treated, has it been maintenance on a regular basis, you know you got to worry about the hull of the boats, you got to worry about what they did to it, whether they hit it off rocks or they busted ice or whatever. So you got to look at now, if, like, for example, our boats, when they come up used, they're literally gone within three days. I mean, yeah. they go that quick. And to look on the Internet and find the used duck water, it's pretty, pretty hard to do. Um, and I just I don't um, when it comes to used boats, I I prefer new because the thing of it is you're going to customize your boat to your needs. And not to to uh, you know the other guy's needs. He he knew what he wanted his boat for, and he has it set up for his his conditions. Now you're you're gonna 
you're going to get his and it may not fit your needs. So I wouldn't, I suggest bite the bullet. The new carries warranties to, uh, they, they will, you know, it, it's a whole new package. You're not going to have to worry about the motor breaking down after the third hunt. It, it just seems to me that nowadays, it, and new boat, new boats and used boats, it's amazing. They're holding their, used boats hold their value pretty well. So they're not that far off the mark of buying a brand new boat. Right. Right. Yeah, as you know, if you just skim the the local, you know, Facebook ads, everybody wants to sell their boat for what they bought it for, you know. Right. Yep. Yep. So. Yep. But yeah. So it doesn't make a lot of sense, you know. Yeah. Uh, any any uh, special considerations when just hunting out of a boat, you know, for those guys that, you know, I know some people use them just to get to point A to point B, and then other people, you know, hunt out of them uh, like a blind. Um, right. Yep, blind boats are the way to go, honestly, because when you're even when you're hunting some uh, different areas and the rivers are, it, the rules and regs are becoming kind of increasingly difficult to hunt. Used to be you could have a, a blind along a river, and now they don't want you to do that. So if you have a mobile boat with a blind on it, then then it's nice for you to be able to move. And, and even if the birds are moving somewhere different and you say, hey, man, we need to pick up and go over there, quick to grab the birds, throw them in your boat, and just go. Right, right. And then with, you know, I guess with uh, land and water access laws, the way that they are kind of going uh, in right. certain places, yeah, the river's open, but I can't put my foot down. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know? exactly. So. Same way if up a Lake Erie in some spots, you cannot get on the land. So it's just nice to be in a boat blind system. And here's the thing, too, about the blinds. We can go in that real quick. The, there are many manufactured blinds out there now to go on the boats. And, and there's only a couple of them that are tailor-made to the boat. We are one of them. For, uh, we, we build the blind to the boat, uh, to specific boats, and, and how they, they, are all, they work in many different ways. You can you can either you can either flip the roof over, you can shoot out the hole, or you can knock the entire port side of the bo- uh, blind over and come out and shoot in a 360, even with the roof over top of you. So it's a unique blind, uh, but you get there are so many out there now. But the ones that custom fit to the boat are the best ones because if you buy the manufactured blinds, uh, they're going to be baggy. They're, they're not going to fit correct, correctly. Uh, they're going to be flimsy because you're actually either you're bolting it to the boat or you're clamping it to the boat. Right, right. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, and then uh, as far as, you know, uh, I know you talked about running dogs out of the um, out of the boats. Do you guys sell accessories and, and all things of those nature? Well, not what we sell is just for the the use on the boat. We don't sell any kind of like dog leads or anything like right. that. But the 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 boat ladder and the, the dog ladder, so to speak. Yeah. You yeah. you can walk up our dog ladder. It's just like walking upstairs. Oh, nice. So it's nice if you're in some uh, low water conditions where you got to get back in the boat. You're not trying to pull your butt up on top of it and swing your legs around. Right. You walk up the dog ladder. And then and you walk through the back of the boat. So right. it makes it really, really nice to have a dog ladder on the boat, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. 
Absolutely. Is is that, you know, uh, I want a duck boat and my wife wants a family boat. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. So is there any uh, – what advice would you have for a guy that's in that pickle? Because uh, I wouldn't say I'm in the position to own two boats. Well, it, it's funny you should ask that because um, it, women love our boats. They they really do. Once they see the boat, at first they look at it and go, oh, my God. And then, they, then they're like, oh, man, this is pretty cool. Once they're out on the boat and they, they feel the stability of it. But but we've done things where we put uh, eyes in the back, so you can hook up a ski rope, and you can pull tubes. You can you can use it for fishing. We'll put like rod holders in the decks, okay. and you, and you can troll with it. You or, or cast on. We we'll, we can do removable uh, decks in the front, so you can you can sit up there for trolling motor. Um, so you can turn this into a family boat. It's not a hard thing to do. And we also can provide you with a bimini top so that you can be out of the sun, you know, and, and your wife can be out of the sun if she wants to be, or she can be in the sun. Your kids can be out of the sun. Right. So the bimini top's nice, you know, cause it'll, it'll give you cover. Uh, it'll also give you closure. If you want to close it all up, we can provide it with sides and windows so you can close it all up and you can even stay out there overnight in it. So it, it, it could be like having a big pontoon, if you, if you will. Right, right. Awesome. Well, okay. Thanks. Uh, thanks for that. So, well, all right. Well, hey, I, I appreciate you coming on the, on the show. Um, and I appreciate the invite. I really do. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I'll have to, I'll get with you after this and talk to you about that diver hunt at some point. But, uh, That'd be great. Where can, uh, where can the listeners, you know, find your, your products and, and, you know. Well, we're at uh, www.duckwaterboats.com, uh, boats being plural. Um, easy to get a hold of us. Uh, the phone number's right there. My email's right there as well. You will talk directly to me when you call. So you're, you're talking to the president of the company, and uh, and we will we will go over your your hunting conditions and then we will uh we will uh, fit a boat to your needs basically um but we uh we're on facebook as well it's uh duckwater boats dover ohio and uh we have oh gosh i think seven thousand uh followers on that uh, duckwater boats dover ohio um yeah we're on instagram under duckwater one uh that that is huge instagram is is uh unbelievable you oh, post yeah. a picture up there and it's it's crazy how many people are like boom right now liking it you know yeah so i mean let's let's be honest uh the internet has has done real well but man these these social networks of like facebook and instagram and all that that is just taking it to the new level oh, yeah. of advertising absolutely yeah all right, Steve. Well, thanks very much, and uh, appreciate you having you on and taking the time out of your busy schedule. I know you guys are probably uh, pretty busy right now, and I just wanted to uh, thank every thank you on behalf of everybody here, and we'll get on out of here. Well, very good, man. I appreciate it, sir. All right. This podcast is also brought to you in part by Twisted Wire Upland Hunts just north of Grand Island, Nebraska. They offer a wide variety of upland wing shooting over great working dogs and provide you with a darn good time. Greg and his sons can accommodate your hunting party of any size and provide you with an awesome hunt. 
followed up by a great time in their lodge located just eight miles north of Grand Island, Nebraska. To get more information or book a hunt, head on over to TwistedWireHunts.com. And I promise you, you're going to have a great time, not only with the excellent wing shooting, but with the awesome uh, bird dogs that they have out there and then the awesome personalities um, of the um, guides and the owner, Greg, out there. It's great. So it's excellent hunting and even better people. I've known these guys for a very long time. And so once again, head on over to TwistedWireHunts.com to book your hunt today. All right. So after talking to a few of the core listeners that we have, um, it was brought to our attention that not a lot of people actually, you know, have the resources um, to buy a boat right now. But uh, someday down the road, uh, they might. And so they can reference the first part of this episode. So we're just going to talk to you about, uh, and I actually have some extensive knowledge on, you know, DIY slash not uh, your standard typical duck boats. I uh, tried to get Matt on uh, from High Prairie Sportsman again, uh, but he's out chasing turkeys right now. And Austin is still um, in an area with not very good cell reception. And we're, yeah, he just doesn't have a lot of time. He's, he's really busy. But uh, he does apologize, and he, we're going to be hearing from him next week. Pretty, pretty sure. But things should start slowing down for him soon, and we'll have him back on here so you can get that nice Missouri accent to complement the uh, the no Nebraska accent here. But okay, enough. Back on to boats. So just to give you a little rundown of something that you can do, which is what I've been doing. Um, for the last oh several years, uh, when it comes to hunting big water, we are relatively limited. Some of the, the the newer guys that don't have a you know a motorboat. So one technique um, that I picked up is my grandpa or my uncle. He gave me an eight foot John boat, and I don't know the the weight limit on that thing. I wouldn't take it out. Um, I remember in high school, we would fish a couple, a couple guys out of it, but that was quite a few uh, beers and uh, you know definite pounds onto the gut ago. So uh, I would definitely be hard pressed to get me in the boat um, and in anything that I can't stand in <laughs> uh, water wise. But so what we would do is we'd take that eight foot John boat and we would load it up with all of our stuff, guns, everything. And then uh, we actually built a blind on it. Um, and we would, you know, frame, we framed it out with some conduit. And what we would do is we would put all of our stuff in that boat. And then we would put in at the, the, the ramp or at a, um, an accessible site. Uh, Cause you know, with two dudes, three dudes, you can just pick that little eight foot John boat up. That's completely loaded out and, really struggle your way down to the bank and then get it in the water and then pull it to the spot that you need to get going to. So that's kind of the method that we've uh, been using. And then once you're there, it's, it is really helpful to have a, a blind that you have already pre-built and you might have to tuck it in um, onto the shore or drag it up onto the shore, but it is, you know, it's nice to have something that's just pre-rigged there for you. Um, or you can just, you know, a lot of times we wouldn't use the blind, we would just uh, haul it up into the trees onto the shore and, and uh, hunt from the shore. And if we needed to use the boat, 
we would grab the paddle and uh, go retrieve a down bird um, that way if if necessary. But and then um, another option that you have is is you can go out and get a kayak. Now the kayak will get you anywhere you need to go duck hunting wise, um, and actually probably places you don't even need to get to. Um, and you can do it either you know by paddling or um, I know some people actually throw trolling motors um, onto their kayaks, and I think you can get a decent kayak for you know, 500, 600 bucks, um, something like that. Um, but you can also, um, I've, I've seen it done too, where, um, guys that just hunt from the shore that, you know, need to go retrieve decoys or need to go retrieve birds. They'll get those. And, you know, you have to look at the weight and the, you know, the safety situation, but they just get the really small, cheap, um, kayaks to go retrieve birds, um, that they can't necessarily get to, or to make it, you know, a little bit quicker. Um, the one, one of the drawbacks to the kayak is, is obviously there's, there's different levels of them and, you know, you can take kayaks out in some, in some pretty rough chop. I mean, they have seaworthy kayaks out there that would definitely be pretty sweet to, to take out, but you know, you got to be careful. I, I would be remiss to take it on open water. I would probably just be hugging the shores. And then also you don't have a lot of storage onto a kayak, um, you know. You got your gun, and then maybe you can, you know, fit a dozen or two decoys um, on there. I know my, well, Austin, I know, I wish I could have him on here, but um, I know he's dumped uh, his kayak before in the Pacific Northwest in mid-January, or no, mid-December, and uh, we'll have to have him talk about that in recent, but like I'm saying, there's there's safety things. The smaller the boat, it seems, the the more dangerous it is. And I think you'll just find that um, is a is a relative rule. You don't want to do anything stupid or load anything, you know, not to follow weight recommendations, or you don't want to be out there <laughs> in 25 mile an hour winds on a kayak uh, on open water. I don't think that's Smart, advisable. I think you just stay home at that point or hug the shore. Another option that I have seen used is paddle boats. And they kind of have the same drawbacks um, as um, the kayaks do. You know, you do not want to take those out in, in bad weather or, you know, on big water. But you know what? I, I, I've thought it'd be pretty cool if you just built a blind onto a, a paddle boat and you either throw a trolling motor on that thing or, you know, just use the old uh, flapper foot pedals. You know, probably have to have a, a guy or a hunting buddy, I should say, not a guy, uh, with you too. And, you know, I think a guy can make a pretty sweet blind out of a, out of a paddle boat. And I've seen the uh, plans for them online. So that, that's, another, that's another option. I've also seen it where um, guys have used those inflatable rafts um, in the same method that I use my my John boat. You know, they get out there, they blow it up. I mean, I'm talking like the inflatable rafts from Walmart. They blow it up uh, with a a portable um, blower, and when they get to where they're going, they let the air out. Stuff it back in their their sack, and it's like an ultra light way to to go about hunting. Um, I think that's 
that's something that, you know, you can look into. But yeah. Um, as far as small boats go, and then there's there's also like DIY, um, like the pontoon boat that my dad gave me this last uh, this last season. You know, uh, unless you're an aluminum welder, it's you know it's pretty difficult to go out and fashion your own your own um, probably Coast Guard approved uh, vessel, and then you have to make sure you look at your state regulations for and your lake regulations. Some places don't actually allow. Um, boats under a certain size or horsepower or, you know, anything of that nature. But it's just good to have options so that you don't feel like you're stuck out there. You know, uh, a well-used kayak can kill a limited ducks. A well-used John boat, as I know very well, can, you know, kill you a limited ducks and geese. It's just thinking outside the box, but the main takeaway is you need to be safe. Always be safe out there. There's not a duck or a goose out there that's worth you or your buddy's lives or your dog's life. Um, yeah, just be, you know, cautious of the weather. Always, no matter what boat you're in, always be cautious of the weather and, and know the limitations of your system and your skill. So, okay. Well, that about wraps it up here. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Foul Front Waterfowl Podcast. Please come join us on our Facebook group, the Foul Front Waterfowl Podcast Group, where you can connect with a good group of hunters because we're all in this together. We need to act like it so that hopefully our great-great-grandkids will be hunting ducks over our favorite public lands. Uh, We also ask that you go ahead and give us a written review on iTunes and give us five stars if you think we deserve it. And we really do want to hear back from you uh, so that we can give you the best possible content. And if you get in on that Facebook group, you can get in there and you can ask questions and you can tell us what you want to hear next or you can tell us uh, what you don't like and we'll be sure to tailor things to our listeners. So, all right. Stay safe out there and we will see you next week. Hey, you ever been sitting in front of your TV just wondering why you can't catch the latest episode of The Foul Front right there in your living room so you can press all your guests and family with your fine taste and podcast listening? Me neither. But hey, as a part of the Waypoint Outdoor Collective, you can now find The Foul Front and some other great podcasts on your Apple TV, your Roku, your Amazon Fire Stick, Smart TV, even your gaming console just by downloading the Waypoint app. And heck, while you're there, they got over 2,500 hunting and fishing shows on demand. Go download the Waypoint app today. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors, every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep-sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! Oh! Look at that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.